Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Half Ash. My name is Craig Schneider. That gentleman, 1,100 miles south southeast of me, is Mister Kip Fisher, the the worldly aficionado, and we are coming to you live this 20th day of June, 2015, for the 118th recording of Half Ash. Kip, Mister Fisher, how the heck are you? I'm happier than a puppy with two pickers. <laughs> I you could you could say anything in that. Who wouldn't want to have two peckers? That'd make everybody happy. <laughs> uh, I've been in Tennessee last week. I, I was renewed and refreshed in my hibilistic ways. Yeah, you got to soak it up. I know. Well, I guess technically you are moving a lot further south. <laughs> We have a saying in Florida that the south ends at Highway 50, which is the Georgia. Highway. No, it's the state highway that runs across to Orlando. Because um, north of that is horse country. It's very southern, even in, in speech with the accents. But once you cross Highway 50, it's predominantly northern folks that have moved here, or at least it seems that way. So the prevailing anecdotal wisdom is the south ends at Highway 50. <laughs> Yeah, and I had I had often heard that you have to go north to get the southern accent when you're in Florida. Yes, but, uh, that's probably the same darn thing. Yep. Well, we uh we are coming on an off day with a a slightly prepared show, not uh, nearly what we uh, come to the table with on a regular basis, and uh, we don't even have a regular cigar of the week. In fact, I don't even know what you're smoking. I've got something that uh, is an old favorite of mine, but what about yourself, my friend? What uh, what are you lighting up today as we kind of get into a little bit of a different show for us? <clears throat> well, moments ago, I lit the Don Pepin Garcia Blue Delicious, which is a, uh, I guess, a Churchill 7 by 50. Pretty yeah, it looked like a big one. I didn't know what size it was, though. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the uh, the boxes say 7 by 15 I'll take their word for it. It actually looks a little plump for that. But we'll go mm-hmm. with that. Well, I uh, I have a Padron Anniversario Exclusivo in the what looks like the Maduro wrapper. These, uh, these are one of those, you know, uh, much like the um, my father, the Papine Blues, the Padron 64 Anniversary are one of those cigars you can just reach for, know what you're going to get, and be pleased as a bit of a celebratory stick any day of the week. I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, like that blue. I wish I had one of those. Well, I got several left. You, you want to come on by? <laughs> You know, I'm not sure it would be financially feasible for me to make the trip to Santiago, but, you know, just for the cigar, you never know. No, I'm not in Santiago yet. Come to Florida, you just kind of, like, drive really fast. <laughs> a heck of a Father's Day present. Hi, Kip. Can I have my cigar? I'm going to head back now. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> As a backup, I got the Illusion Fume d'Amour. Well, let me ask you a question. As we, you know, we're... We're getting less than one week. In fact, we're we're quite a bit less than one week uh, before you make the move down to the Dominican. Four days. It's been, it's been uh, <clears throat> quite a bit of, uh, I won't say treachery, but quite a bit of <laughs> uh, <laughs> lifestyle hopscotch. Let's put it that way. Over the past couple weeks, as you prepare or take these final steps. But uh, let's get to the important stuff. How the heck is it going to be for you to get cigars when you're down there? Well, I don't know. I'm going as prepared as possible. And uh, I think I mentioned before I I toted three large containers full in February, which I left behind. And I'm taking four this time. So hopefully I got, I got some to last for a little while anyway. Well, and I did... Uh... I did just ship today. My goodness, let's hope it gets to you. I did just ship today a travel humidor with some cigars in it, knowing that you wouldn't really be able to pack things. I just shipped you a package that legitimately could just go right there with you and uh, be a carry-on for Pete's sake. So That would be excellent. If it does not make it, though, I will um, 
be kind of assembling an army of mules that can carry things back and forth for me if need be. That was another uh, reason why I put it in the travel humidor. It'll have a darn good seal on it, obviously. And, well, uh, the uh, forwarding address that I'm leaving, the stateside address I'm leaving behind is a dear, dear friend at whose house I'm at at this moment. And uh, he he's a cigar guy. He'll take care of it. And no, no problems. I can uh, I can get you a list of what's in there if you don't trust them. <laughs> Actually, I tr- I trust this guy explicitly and implicitly and w- with with whatever. Wow. Well, let's hope he listens to the show and knows that he can open up the package and you'd never be the wiser. <laughs> He's traveling right now. I'm counting on him not listening. <laughs> uh, well, so you. Uh, what stage are you at right now? You still have the job or is the job gone? You still have the um, house or is the house gone? It's all gone. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'm unemployed and homeless and sleeping on a friend's couch right now. <laughs> it, it sounds either like uh, just after college or just before college, except you, you got a wife and kids with you. That's crazy. Now, uh, June 12th was my last day with the old company. Boom. Awesome. (laughs) I can't even tell you. It still hasn't, hasn't, I I was with this company for 15 years, over 15 years. So it's still not like fully settled into my head yet. I keep thinking throughout every day so far. I need to do this and call this and make sure this has happened or whatever. And then I realized, Oh, I don't want to do any of that crap, but eh, it's, it's getting there. I will be fully liberated for too long. I imagine. That's awesome. And yeah. I got to imagine once you get down there, it's going to be uh, enough culture shock to, you know, kind of scare you straight. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what to do. You know, it will be hopefully lessened because I have friends there already, uh, Americans that that I have known for many years. Mm-hmm. So that'll help out quite a bit. And uh, learning the language is going to be a little bit. Got a got a uh, southern accent to overcome. <laughs> yeah. Some some Spanish words don't flow easily for me, but yeah, it'll shake out with time. Yeah, I'd. Uh... I'd imagine eventually it'll happen. Yeah. What else we got going on? The house. We're out. We had a, uh, we closed on the 10th and I kind of mentioned this before we started. We had an 11th hour minor fiasco that put some delays in place, but we managed to get it that, that day. Um, holy crap. Uh, final walkthrough done. Buyer's realtor. Happy. And we go to the the meter at the street to cut it off, cut the water off. And there's a leak, which was a surprise to me because I'd had no abnormalities in a water bill. But it was pretty steady, steadily flowing on the house side of the meter. So, of course, the utilities department's not going to touch it. So we had to place an emergency call with a plumber, <laughs> get him out there to replace oh, an elbow. Man. Actually, the, the the my realtor um, knew somebody who knew somebody or whatever, and got it and got it done actually very reasonably. So I, I was happy. It was it was nothing but a minor inconvenience and a few hours of being puckered that the whole thing's going to fall through at the last minute. But it went okay. Ay 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 ay. That uh, is that something that. You know, legitimately, this sale could have been lost potentially because of that. I mean, could the the buyer's realtor have said, "No, no, this is an unforeseen situation. We're walking away, and we're keeping our earnest money." No, actually, uh, at worst case, they okay. Technically, the paperwork was done and signed. It was their house, but we're sitting there at the table. We had just finished when the other realtor called and said she had called the, the county utilities folks and they would not fix it. And so the, our realtor was like, well, it's your house now. <laughs> but <laughs> I could not have slept with a clear conscience to just screw somebody buying the house favorably yeah, from yeah. me. So 
I said, we'll get it fixed. And so what they did was they held back a portion of the funds in escrow until we got a plumber out there and brought the, the paperwork to them that had been completed. And they released the remainder of the funds and everybody was happy. Hmm. Well, I guess but, that's good. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we were blessed with a cash buyer who was motivated to buy and it, uh, other than that, everything went incredibly smoothly. We had uh, we had the home inspection, a termite inspection, a wind abatement inspection because we're in Florida. We had septic pumping and inspection, and everything went clean. I had to uh, replace a dozen or so sprinkler heads, which are like two bucks a piece. And, oh, jeez. Um, uh, I caused a minor electrical <laughs> problem. <laughs> <laughs> which was remedied because have I explained this on the show? No, I I don't even know this. Holy crap. The day before the home inspection, I knew I had a couple of GFI outlets, GFCIs that were uh, that wait, that should have been GFIs and weren't. So I was like, okay, I, I'll go ahead and replace those. Cause I know the guy's going to pick up on that. If he does home inspection. Yeah. So I, I did, I, re- I replaced four outlets. Three were just fine and dandy. Everything's perfect. And the fourth one kicked as soon as I restored power to it and wouldn't come back. So I put, the, put the old regular outlet back on no dice, nothing. Oh, crap. So I call a buddy of mine who's far more handy than me, and he runs around and can't find what the problem is. There's power leaving the box, but it's not making it to that outlet. And then we realized that this is a bathroom outlet in our kids' bathroom, and we realized the ceiling fan and light in the living room area is not working, and then the outlets outside on the patio are not working. <laughs> Good grief. And they've been working fine minutes before. I knew it was related. So I had to call an actual electrician out there. And they start digging around. And it turns out that that ceiling fan and light, the outlets in both restrooms and both outlets that were on the patio were all on the same circuit. And they all came through a GFI in the garage before they got there. So I had cha- Daisy chain GFIs without knowing it. And when it flipped one, it flipped that other one. And so they, they tracked it down. We got it fixed. So the best part about that entire story is if you would have done nothing, technically you would have been compliant. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but instead I chose to spend 125 bucks to figure out what I'd screwed up. God bless handy homeowners. Yeah, yeah, I keep a lot of people in business. Yeah, oh, we do. We definitely do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, fix the sprinklers. Fix. No, I didn't fix that. I got that fixed. And uh, what else? Uh, oh, I had to put a new garage door opener up. I had a garage door opener that was a hybrid of three different openers. Because <laughs> you break this and break that. And so I said, okay, I'll get that done. I actually volunteered that because I knew it was it was not a good thing to pass along. So that was it. The The buyers did not even ask for anything else. I never even saw the inspection report. Wow. It was, it was a beautiful sale. Wow. That is a beautiful sale. Good gracious, man. Yeah. They're we, happy. Uh, I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. We've got, uh, not nearly as entertaining a story as you moving to the Dominican Republic and, selling your final possessions in order to do so, but we've got a Robin that has decided to take residence on top of our garage door opener in our garage. (laughs) (laughs) So one day a few months back, I I mean, this is probably March, the first I noticed it. I hit the garage door, I go to open it, uh, and I'm like, or I hit the button, and I'm like, what the heck is on the garage door opener? That looks a little odd. And it's this Robin's nest just spinning because there's a little sprocket that comes off the top, which connects to the chain. I've got a chain drive (laughs) garage door opener and his entire darn nest is spinning. I'm like, oh, that can't be good. 
So I uh, reach up there with a broom and knock it off and think that problem solved, you know? Well, two days later, I'm not even really paying attention. Two days later, and he's got an entire nest built again up there. I'm like, oh, this, this son of a bitch is going to make this personal. All right. <laughs> so, uh, challenge you know, accepted. <laughs> yes, challenge accepted. So since since March, I have uh, made it my life's ambition to uh, be, <laughs> to be able to change the chain on my garage door opener, which has been thrown off twice, three times by this guy. I can now change the chain of my garage door opener in about ten minutes. <laughs> That's pretty flipping uh, fantastic. I, I feel like a professional with this, but I, you know, I thought. The whole month of May, I thought that I had bested him. I thought he was he was thrown in the towel, you know, a little robin towel, or whatever. It's funny for me to imagine it. And uh, um, the whole month of May, I'm thinking I'm good. And then a week ago, this guy's back again, and I I lose. I don't lose my temper. I don't lose my temper. I lost my temper on this robin, and. So I, I open the door. I see him sitting on top of my garage door opener. And so you know what I do? I shut the garage door. And he doesn't fly out. So I'm like, all right, it's me and you, Robin. We're in one room. You're not getting away. And so I spend about 10 minutes chasing this Robin with a broom and a broken shovel handle all around my garage. And he is flying from shelf to shelf on top of car. Oh, my gosh. It, if somebody else had seen that, it would have won every America's Funniest Home Videos award you could ever imagine. I mean, I was like a crazed, even more so, a crazed idiot than I normally am. I'm envisioning John Candy and Dan Aykroyd in the great outdoors. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> hey. Uh, hey, I got something. So, I, 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 go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, so... Uh, I now have to keep my garage door closed, even when it's an absolutely beautiful day and my kids are playing outside. I guess uh, something to screen share here with you. Go this, right ahead. Uh, let's see. Yeah, if I can find the screen share thing. This is. Uh, oh, good grief! Did they do away with it? There it is. Okay, can you see that? Looks like a. Yeah, it looks like a uh, 60 amp uh, circuit breaker or circuit box. <laughs> That's what it is and was. Uh oh. That, that is our house in the Dominican. That's the power coming into the house. Uh, oh. <laughs> and, and you can see some of these breakers are not attached to the bus, some of these wires are just hanging out. Uh, not wrapped, not connected to anything. <laughs> yeah, that looks like a rather large wire that's just open and exposed on the bottom. And, and what you're looking at there is you're actually looking into a kitchen cabinet. It looks like they had a box there and decided they wanted cabinets and just knocked the front off the box and put cabinets there. That's a shelf across the front of it. <laughs> oh, wow. So supposedly somebody's getting that taken care of for us before we get there, but we will know sometime this week. Yeah. So when uh, when is the actual day for you? Wednesday. Wednesday, you fly out. <sighs> yeah, another fiasco. But sorry, right. we we uh, when we bought the tickets, I guess it's been a couple months ago now. The, we could fly from Tampa to Miami to Santiago or just drive to Miami, hop on a plane and go to Santiago. Or we could take that same plane from Miami to Santiago, but first fly from Tampa to Charlotte and Charlotte to Miami for $100 a ticket cheaper. So it's made a $400 difference to take <laughs> two, two more planes. So we're flying to Charlotte and then to Miami and then to Santiago. That's weird. Yeah, I don't get it. It's the exact same flight. That third leg is is the same flight with either itinerary, and it's four hundred dollars cheaper to take two more planes. So instead of flying from Tampa to Miami, you're flying Tampa to Charlotte to Miami. Uh huh. 
Right here. There's one word that's really not iTunes appropriate. Well, actually, two <laughs> words that describe that. Is one of those cluster? <laughs> yes, yes, you are correct. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't understand it, but it was worth saving 400 bucks to spend a couple extra hours. Heck, yeah, it's worth saving 400 bucks. I mean, we're we're only on the ground in Charlotte for an hour, and we I mean, we basically unload from one plane directly to another, so it's not that big a deal. But not yeah. to be a Debbie Downer or anything, but you know what's going to happen? You're going to hit weather, and you're not yeah. going to get out of Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to miss that and be sitting there till the next day, probably. But <sighs> we'll see. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's, I, yeah, yeah. it's an adventure. Well, yeah, go big or go home, I guess. Yeah. Oh, it's quite funny. Mm-hmm. Well, so how's that uh, down for Fiend doing you? Just like always, man, these, these, it's very rare that I'm disappointed with one of these. I, uh, th- this is a staple for me and, and not necessarily this size. I don't know that I've ever bought this size before these. Typically, I like the Lancero and I like the Robusto. And the Generoso, which is a Toro, um, those—I'm sure they make those things. Add this one as well. They're all 50 rings, just different lengths, just different trims. They're very similar. Uh, Lance Arrow smokes differently. It's a little—I um, don't know—I don't know why it seems stronger. The Lance Arrow. I can—I can get a little—a uh, little woozy if I hadn't haven't had a good meal with the Lance Arrow, but it never happens in these bigger rings. They, they, the bigger ones seem to be a little sweeter, maybe a little less, a uh, little less sharp than the Lancero to me. But I like them all. I, I, I don't know that I would not be willing to buy anything in this whole line. I love the the originals, the blues. All right, so here's a a weird cigar nicotine blend question. All that rolled into one. Let's say that that it's the same blend, but the Lancero has quarter leafs and half leafs of things. Why, if you were to double that, why would that not maintain the same amount of nicotine? I mean, even or even if you don't double it, even if you just keep the same amount of Lajero or Seco that's in the Lancero, but you're adding more Seco and Volato to fill out to the 50 ring, why wouldn't that be the same impact on you? That's the strangest thing. It is. It really is. Um, I think a lot of it, it's geometry. You know, when you double the diameter or something, you've quadrupled its area. So you can't just double the tobacco and have, you know, a, whatever, 76 ring instead of a 38. But I and, mean, and the proportions are different. I mean, I, I mean, a seven by 50 does not translate into a seven by 38. Not whatsoever. You're absolutely right. But what I'm saying is there wouldn't be any instance when there would be less nicotine in the 50 ring than there would in the 38. I I totally agree. I don't understand it, but I noticed the same phenomena in Opus. Huh. The little, little smaller ring Opus just seemed to wear me out, but the bigger ones I don't have any trouble with. And it's not that I smoke that many Opus. It's not my favorite Fuente, but I have definitely noticed the pattern starting with the chief, that little tiny little bit of Coso they call the power ranger. That thing, uh, it just pounds me. I I can't get through a complete one. Hmm. I I have to say probably the best cigar I've had this year so far. Although something's telling me that I'm going to regret saying that (laughs) it may be the best, if not maybe the second best uh, cigar I've had this year. Was that um, Opus <laughs> Double Corona that you did for us? Was oh, that our that, New Year's show? Uh, it was right around there, early in the year, and that was a ten-year-old Opus. Well, that that's a winner for me. I'll take that any day of the week. And yeah, that was the year that cigar won the number number one from Cigar Fishing on mm. It deserved it. That was flipping fantastic. Holy crap! Yeah, I've seen a couple of Opus discussions lately of people that 
are, you know, historically people were like, well, you know, I don't like fresh opus. I like to hold them for a couple of years. And, and I'm one of those people. I always do at least two years before I light up an opus, except on rare occasions, I'll grab one that's fresh, but I, I just didn't care for them. But I've seen at least two different occasions, extensive discussions with people that are kind of tossing that out the window. Now they, they seem to think that fresh is, is good or better than hanging on to them for a while. I don't know. I don't smoke them new for the most part. Well, it's a hard stick for me to reach for in a cigar store too. I mean, they're just, they're around here. They're never retail. I mean, oh yeah. You can buy never retail Tampa. You can always get them for retail at somewhere and 10 to 16 bucks. I think is pretty much the range for any of the standard production Vitolas. Mm-hmm. You know, the oddballs, weird things that show up sometimes. Those will be outrageous, but the standard production items you can get pretty much right at MSRP most places. Do they have a, uh, does Opus have a uh, Petit Corona or Corona? A 42 they, by somewhere around five? They do. I think it's number four or something like that. I think that's the number. Wouldn't swear to it, but I'm pretty sure. Well, I, uh, I don't know if I ever see those. If I ever see those and they're less than twenty bucks, I might reach for one. I, you know, I, I bet it's been a year that I've been saying I should try more Opus. I should try more Opus, but it's just so darn hard to go to a shop and drop twenty bucks on a small size. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, especially in Chicago. <laughs> Be thirty-five time. <laughs> Yeah, really. Uh, I may have a couple of those laying around. If I do, I will send one in this package I'm sending you Monday. That by no means was a uh, <clears throat> was a ploy. I mean, this is much no. more of an experiment than I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. I, I know that, and I don't mean for it to be a show cigar. It's just the show cigar, quote-unquote, show cigars, the stuff I put in there for that purpose were a little bit lacking in number so i was going to try to hit a shop monday morning before i send it anyway so if i can put some more filler in there i'll do it cool well i uh i sent a package off to you today none of those are show cigars but they're all just fun sticks we could have them as show cigars if you want to but i only sent one of each of them um one uh oh if i'm remembering correctly i think i am well, I actually put one one of the show cigars I put in there. I only had two, so I put one of and it's the 20th anniversary Diamond Crown. Uh, that I don't know that's going to hit shelves. It's not it's mar- not packaged differently. This was CFC cigar, so it's just got a plain old regular Diamond Crown band on it. I was just talking to somebody who had had a. Uh... Oh no, I wasn't talking to him. I saw Ian. Um... The gentleman, I won't say his last name, but hangs out in our chat room. He's in our, our I'm sorry, he hangs out in our forum. He's in our chat room all the time, Ian. Um, he uh, was just smoking with his old man last weekend, I think, some Diamond Crown. Diamond Crown Maduro, actually, I think. Sparked some interest in me, so it's, uh, it's convenient timing. Well done. Thank you. Cool. Uh, I was going to ask you one more question. It wasn't about this cigar. What the heck was it? It may have been about... Oh, yeah, I remember what it was. Um, so when you get down there, do uh, do the Fuentes know that their biggest fanboy is moving closer <laughs> to their home base and they should probably uh, <laughs> go, go to DEFCON 4? No. Well, yes and no. Carlito doesn't know me from Adam. Uh, I mean, he, he's in contact with so many bazillion people but, yeah, uh, yeah i have talked to um cynthia since since the move was started to play in so i haven't told her it's it's finally here but yeah they're aware Only <laughs> they will is, be soon enough uh, the thing is they, they uh, it's not exactly easy to buy fuente cigars in the dominican republic yeah but that might be uh you might be able to get around that a little bit. Not get yeah. around it, but I kind of know a few people. Well, I, uh, you know what? I didn't know that. Uh, was it Raquel Varga or 
one of the Casada girls. Mm-hmm. I think I just uh, tagged you on a Facebook post saying that she owns a shop in the Dominican. Yep, at Trace Reynas. I never knew that. I saw it uh, pop up in my searches for cigar shops in Santiago. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, huh. and I am happy, beyond happy, to report that there is a shop at. There's probably more. There's at least one shop in Santo Domingo that carries a healthy supply of Nicaraguan cigars to include Roma Craft. Mm. And I messaged Skip Martin, and he said, "Yep, that's all legit. That's a real account." So I'm excited now. I can go now, so it's okay. So, how close are you to Santo Domingo? <laughs> On a map or in reality? In reality, what's that oh, yeah. trip? It's a couple hours. Well, it's about a hundred miles, but it may take oh, wow. three, three and a half hours or so. So it won't be. I won't just run down there. It would be. It'd be rare. I'm not going to be buying many cigars anyway. The budget would not allow that. But I have a healthy supply to last me. Uh, hopefully, I get through customs with them. <laughs> Boy, if I've ever seen fear come over someone's face, it was just right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a little little puckered, but I, everything was cool the first time. I took a big load down there in February, um, and I, I have the advantage that we we have secured our visas and have them in place, affixed in our passports, so. It's not like I'm just traveling down for a week and trying to bring 300 cigars. It's, it's yeah. Hey, we we have a visa. We are actually moving here. This this is something I like to have a cigar every evening or whatever. I'm hoping to be able to get through any kind of questions with that. Well, that was that was another question I had. So I, I've never lived abroad. That's something you just said that it's affixed to your passport. It's literally like a stapled page to your passport, or what? It's actually adhesive, but it's a heavy-duty kind of adhesive, and it's not – you couldn't peel it out if you wanted. You'd have to cut the page out. They turn it to the back where they stamp it when you come and go, and they affix it onto one of those pages. Hmm. And it's good for a year, or at least the one I have is. Very cool. Yeah. we. Um, that, was, that was an adventure in itself, uh, since we're doing a kind of weird show tonight. There's a lot of horror stories of people trying to get visas for the Dominican Republic. And much of that stems from the fact that the embassy's website that tells you the requirements to get a visa has the wrong price. It's just about doubled <laughs> since they updated it. It has the wrong name to attach to the money order. And they will not oh. accept they will not accept the one that's on their website. It has a list of documentation that's no good. But it's only one of half a dozen or so we encountered that was not the proper documentation. I mean, every every place we would inquire had a different list of things you got to have to get a visa. And our, we had friends going through the same process. So what we ended up doing, Christy got a notebook of this big binder. And we basically looked at all the lists and gathered everything from all of them and went down there a few weeks ago plopped it down on the desk with the folks and kind of went through it. And they're like, okay, looks good. And, and then we went back and picked them up last week. Boy, that's gotta be nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's fun. <laughs> the main thing the visa gets you is not having to pay the $10 cover charge to get in the country. <laughs> but for a family four, it's like a thousand bucks to get a stupid visa. <laughs> nearly and it was like dang all we got to do is come and go 25 times in the next 12 months and we've saved our money back oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah too bad uh too bad it's uh an island and <clears throat> i imagine the the travel to hawaii, to hawaii to haiti might not exactly be the easiest thing in the world to accomplish yeah, it's mountainous and rough but uh, I, i'm being a little bit facetious it it there are other things you, you when you if you go there and over the the ten bucks you pay to get into that country basically gives you thirty days that you can stay just fine, but if you overstay that and want to leave the country, then you got a penalty to pay. 
So th there are other reasons to go ahead and get it, but it was a little bothersome anyway. Uh, I imagine uh, you've probably encountered your fair share of just annoying little nuances in this process. <laughs> I was sitting at the lady's desk who we went back to to get our visas and we're kind of chatting with her a little bit and I had a Fuente shirt on. She said, oh, I see you have a, an Arturo Fuente shirt on. I said, yep. She said, I'm very good friends with Carlito. <laughs> Carlito knows everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he probably has uh, had his fair share of uh, dealings with them. Yeah, I would have. <clears throat> hmm. Well, I I can't say enough about how uh, how happy I am that you're going to make this transition. I'm a little uh, I'm a little uh, apprehensive about uh, what it's going to do to Half Ashed and the internet signal and uh, the ability to uh, to hold a signal or to hold your connection. But we'll uh, we'll take it when we uh, when we come to it. We have done some dry runs with the, the friends we have who they've lived there since last September. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, 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 a, it's a, when it rains, it pours. It's, if you lose the connection once in a night, you're probably going to continue to lose it. But on the other nights it's been flawless. And that overall, it's been far better than I expected. And, and we, we dial in with them, you know, every couple of weeks or so and chat for an hour or more and, rarely have any issues these days the the internet is is actually very good there the problem is big part of the time you don't have electricity so it's kind of a moot point yeah yeah hmm well i wish you the best godspeed my friend it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a whirlwind week for you guys yeah yeah we're excited um and nothing happens quickly so there may be uh you know, some delay uh, next week. I will certainly not have my own internet connection, but my buddy down there, I may be able to actually try to at least tune in, do a hangout or something uh, because he's already connected up. I just know when they got their internet turned on, it was a struggle to get and <laughs> uh, uh, into having an internet connection as an American, they, they were a little resistant to that. And I didn't understand it. I mean, it's not like it's a product you can just walk off with. If, if you know, you're a foreigner and don't pay for it, they just turn it off. Yeah. But that I remember was one of the bigger problems they had was getting that all connected. Hmm. Well, let's, uh, let's hope for the best. Cause I don't think I'm entertaining enough to do half ashed as a solo act. <laughs> you quarter ashed. Yeah, we quarter ashed. Uh, well, what well, uh, before we jump to anything else non-cigar related, how is yours doing? I, I talked a little about mine. You know what i I have had uh, a number of these over the last couple of years. The uh, Padron Anniversary Maduros, <clears throat> and I think I'm left with the same um reaction that I've had on the show a couple times. These are a lot stronger than I ever remember them being years back. This is not only does it have nicotine and I can feel it a little bit already, but it just has that that strong pepper, not nasal napalm, but palate napalm. It's just a little it's a little hot on, in the back of my throat. A little peppery, a little spicy. I'm not I don't know. I'll say that I'm not digging that, but it's not that it turns me off. It's that there's such great flavor in the cigar. I wish that it was just a little more settled down so that flavor came across without being impacted by some of the other uh, aspects of the smoke. Is that is that is clear? Yeah, it is. Well, why do you think that is? You think that's your perception, your memory? You think the blend has drifted maybe to be a little more like what is more common in the market today? Why do you think that is? You know, that's the uh, the final comment you made there is an interesting point. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case, if the the blend just slightly changed or was tweaked to 
be updated. You know, I mean, I, I remember these things just being so overwhelmingly dusty cocoa, beautiful sweetness with a lot of a lot of other supplemental complexity to it. I don't remember these things being. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, unapproachable if you were a, not a strong cigar smoker. Um, in fact, I have memories of probably 18, 19 years old in the late 90s when I'm smoking one of these things with friends who, but with some of my dad's friends, actually, who were always mild cigar smokers in the cigar boom and thinking, oh, Craig, you're going you're gonna to kill yourself. Dark cigar, that thing's going to blow you out of the water. And it just never was. It was great flavor, but it wasn't overly strong. And I was nowhere near the seasoned cigar smoker that I am now. So it's it's something that, that I think is legitimate, and I think that probably was, was purposeful. This has been repeated so many times in the last two or three years for me that I, I, I can't say that this is just an anomaly. And it certainly has not just been with one size. So... Yeah, I, and I only ask because the padrones make a good cigar. They then they they rarely do anything unintentionally, or at least what is introduced in the market is usually their cigars are pretty consistent. So I would think if if it's a pattern, if it's something you see regularly, they probably have done something purposefully. Yeah, I tend to uh, I tend to side uh, along those lines, but. Um... I certainly can't say for sure anything when it comes to, uh, you know, it being definitive on that. It's just they are noticeably um, stronger, harder flavors to me. That core flavor is still there. It's just it's impacted by other items. <clears throat> I, I got to tell you that 2005 Padron 64 Natural Corona that was one of your cigars last year still stands out as one of my favorites of, of the last 118 episodes. They're fan fantastic, aren't they? Yes, they are. <laughs> I I think I sent you one of those. Sweet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I sent you one of those. If I didn't, talk to Jeff. <laughs> I'm coming after him now. If you yeah. if you didn't, I'm going to harass him to no end. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I uh, I also have some slightly related and very good news for those of us who are regular, or those of you who are regular listeners. I have figured out that uh, our accurate distance from uh, my hometown to where Kip's hometown will be is exactly 1,899.7 miles. So I'm just going to round that up to 1,900 miles instead of 1,100. That's amazing since I haven't given you an address where we're gonna be. Well, your 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 city. How's that? That's kind of funny. They they don't have what we know as a postal service, so there is a physical location, but you can't just toss something in the mail to that address for any I mean, you you just about have to have a special courier in the country that takes it and delivers it to a house. So it's like Turn left at the third chicken at the big stump. You're going to stop and turn around and do the hokey pokey and drop it off at Kip's house? Yeah, pretty much. The The city of Santiago is divided into sections, and I can't remember what they call the sections. I call them neighborhoods. And then it's a neighborhood, a street, and a number. But they don't have, like I said, what we would know as a postal service. Hmm. Which... <laughs> Thank goodness this week we got the last of our boxes shipped and the first ones have arrived there. Um, but there's like five separate shipments. Um, there's a cargo company in Tampa. <laughs> As I learned, there's a couple of them. That, uh, <laughs> You've explained. Yeah, that carry carry things down door to door. So it actually worked out nicely. That uh, That is an asset. Yep, it most certainly is. Yeah, I'm just hoping the rest of them get there and I don't get any phone calls about them because I understand if customs opens up something and there's, you know, there's, you can't just ship new goods down there without paying customs. So if they decide something we've shipped is not used household stuff that we would be sending ourselves, then 
they're going to call and say, you have to pay if you want this. Oh, everybody's got an angle. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, and electronics, we, we did not send anything that plugs in a wall in those boxes because we were told it'll never make it. It, it, it will just disappear. Hmm. But we're carrying everything we can of that nature with us on the plane. So you're going to look like your uh, your baggage is wired. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> always works well yeah. with today's security. Yeah, uh, to include a TV and an Xbox. <laughs> uh, well, what do you say we talk a little bit about the cigars we've had this past week and uh, kind of give a little bit of a heads up as to what next week and our schedule is going to be? Yeah, we can do that. I'm having second thoughts on one of mine, though. No problem. Well, I'll uh, I'll share mine. I've got a little bit of a a value stick to uh, talk about, and I have to say, I was very surprised by this. I <clears throat> um, the first cigar that I want to sh- actually the only cigar that I really want to share uh, this week is it's called a Casa de Garcia. And uh, it's put out by Tabacalera de Garcia, which is essentially Altidus. It's one of their La Romana uh, factories. I read this when I had the cigar. It's written on the band Tabacalera de Garcia. Um, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if that's, uh, you know, a, or I'm sorry, I read Casa de Garcia. And I, I thought, oh, I wonder if this is a Pepin you know, like CI special or something like that, or Holt special had never heard of it and never seen the band before. Um, I had gotten it from someone and, um, smoked it, enjoyed it. It performed very well. It was perfect construction. Um, tasted very good. Tasted probably pretty Nicaraguan, Nicaraguan with, uh, broadleaf. I'd, I'd had probably classified it at the time. Um, kind of like a, of, what I really would have thought a value Pepin stick would have been. But obviously when I looked into it, I realized that uh, the Casa de Garcia is made at, as I said, Tabacalera de Garcia. And this is an Altidus product and it's made with uh, Dominican and Honduran fillers. And I was right. It did have a, a broadleaf wrapper, but I was blown away. Never would have thought that this was a Dominican and Honduran cigar. Um, but it uh, performed very well. And I, there's something like a dollar fifty a cigar, dollar twenty five a cigar, and this was a big Toro, probably a fifty four by six and a half or something. Wow, cool. Yeah, I, I uh, like I'd have, I'd have absolutely classified this as a long filler when I smoked it. Didn't get any bits. Didn't uh, have any flake. The ash was terrific at an inch and a half, two inches before needing to be uh, broken off. It really performed well. I have actually seen those and had the same thought you did, but I don't know that I've ever smoked them. Hmm. Well, you know, if you're uh, if you're in a pinch, don't want to spend a, uh, a decent amount of coin, I'd reach for this. I I found it to be uh, very palatable. I'd nice. smoke it again in an instant. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel about those that Dale brought up. That I've those Olivas. No, they're uh, Hoya de Nicaragua, the Siri Beef Wear. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah. They're like buck and a quarter a stick or so, and just fantastic cigars. <laughs> I think, I don't remember, they're one of the big e-tailers. It's, a, it's one of their blends, so I don't know what it really might be similar to in their other, you know, the remainder of their offerings, but that cigar is really good. And, and at, at that price, it's amazing. I would, I would, I would easily be willing to smoke those as a five dollar cigar, and being able to get them a buck and a quarter is just fantastic. You can't beat that with a stick. No. Hmm. Well, I have three things on here, and the Latelier Cote d'Or, the Gold Coast. Yeah. Uh, that's the one I'm having second thoughts about, and, and the reason being. I have it in there as a show cigar. This was their, this is wonderful, mega awesome, double the price of all of our normal offerings, 
you know, they hung this thing, hung their hat on it. And I, I don't want to say if I loved it or hated it or somewhere in between because it's going to be a show cigar. So mm. I don't want to taint your thinking about it one way or the other. So I think I'm going to hold off on that one. Um, I did also have the 2015 Las Calaveras, which is uh, Crowned Heads, one of their limited runs. That's an annual production, but changes up. And uh, it was good. And I've only smoked one of them. And I have some more. And I'm going to send a couple your way. Um, but maybe just a little flat in comparison to last year's. And, and I, I, didn't, I don't want to do that because it's a different blend. I did not want to compare it. Um, I wanted to view it in its own, you know, on its own merits. But it, I guess maybe the, the first one left me wanting to uh, maybe looking for a little more. And so I, I got a couple more. I'll, I'll give them a try and see what happens. But definitely, definitely preferred last year's, um, mm. which kind of brings up. A, a, I know we're not doing news tonight, but it's kind of a, a new story that. Crowned Heads is bringing back last year's Las Calaveras blend as a regular production item. It's going to be called La Imperiosa. Um, being some different patolas than last year, if I'm remembering correctly. But that excited me more than anything else I saw this week. And, I, and admittedly, I've been unattached from the cigar industry all week. Last two weeks, I just just haven't haven't been connected. But I loved that cigar. That's probably my very favorite Crowned Heads release to date was that cigar. Um, and have missed it terribly. But, you know, I, I was pretty excited to see it's going to come out and be uh, be a little more available. Hmm. And it's going to come in a Corona Gorda. Five and three quarters by 46. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Well, there's a lot of people who are going to drool over that. Uh-huh. That that cigar flew off the shelves in Tampa. I mean, they they got a couple of shipments at my local shop, and both of them were gone just like that. Hmm. And it wasn't all me. I, I bought my share of them last year, but man, it, it was a delicious cigar. Well, that's one of the one of those uh, one of those. <coughs> blends that I think they said, you know, maybe we shouldn't just keep this as a once-off. We might have yeah. a winner here that we can make some good money with. They definitely had a winner. Um, you know, I'm, I'm making an assumption that it really is the same cigar. It's being put out there. Maybe, I don't want to say marketed, but it's being put out there that that's the the scoop is that it's the same blend. And that was, that was best I can tell in the Internet chatter and anecdotally in my local shop, it had to be wildly successful. Highly sought after, disappeared quickly. And uh, I I personally would love to see him on the shelf. I don't know that I will in the Dominican Republic, but I may have to put out a feeler here stateside. <laughs> Not in Chicago. <laughs> 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 hey, I'd gladly look in Chicago, Minnesota, or any other places with ridiculous taxes for you. <laughs> yeah, the only other thing I put on here was I have smoked a metric buttload of four kicks um, because of that little mold issue I had. I've gone through the box and, and tossed out the, the worst offenders and wiped down the remainder, but I'm not about to put them into the general population with my humidors. I'm not going to transport them. So whatever is unsmoked when I leave here are likely going to be tossed as well. I don't, I don't want to contaminate somebody else's humidor either, but uh, you know, the, 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 the spots on them were basically all up around the head and they just wipe right off. So I'm taking my chances with those smoking all I can. So let me ask you a question. Obviously, there's mold spores. Mold spores can spread. We know that. That's basic. What? What's the the downside to that? Legitimate downside. If you catch it at a on a quick turnaround when there's just a couple spots on the heads of a few cigars, no big deal. You're wiping them off and smoking them. But 
why is it that people freak out about this? The cigars are typically still smokable. It's just yeah. they've been in that uh, a poor environment of some sort at one point in their life. Um, and you just need to remedy that, basically, right? I mean, it's not something that they're biohazard, right? Um, not normally, as long as it's the what you typically find, the white mold. If you get some kind of green or blue on there, I don't think I would smoke that. And that usually has a very foul odor. Um, pipe tobacco in particular. Pipe tobacco that goes into a tin too wet will often mold. And when you open it up, it is the most rank, disgusting thing ever. You would not dream of putting it into a pipe. Mm. But these cigars, they look, smell, and taste just like normal. We'll just wipe them off and clip the head and fire it up. You know, there's none. There's no mold on the foot. I don't. I don't have any reason to think there's any inside the cigar. So I, I'm, I'm okay with it. But again, I don't want to put it into my humidor. And, yeah, and totally. Honest, to be honest, I don't think it was recent or active. I mean, those things have been in my cooler forever and ever, and they were sealed up. There's the box itself was in cellophane steel, and you know, not that that's going to stop every last little spore, but I have now gone through every single cigar in my possession, unpacking and putting into containers for the move because it just wasn't wasn't feasible to keep them in their boxes, especially half full boxes and all. And no, no other issues whatsoever anywhere. So I don't know that my conditions were favorable to grow in mold. I think maybe that it just was there when it went in and never grew anymore because my cooler is typically 60 to 63%. With the I keep 65% beads in there and usually stay 60, 63. So I don't know that it was actively growing, but you know, it just... It's kind of like if you have mold in a house, which is another rabbit trail I don't want to get off on too because it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can hire in contractors. They can come in. They can mask it off and pump you know, HEPA filtration all day long, and they can spray it. They can kill the mold. They can clean it up and do all that. But if you don't remove the source of the mold, it's going to come right back. It's not going to go anywhere. They haven't. If you don't fix the problem, you haven't fixed anything. You just scraped off some mold. Right. And I think it's the same in a humidor. If your conditions are good, it shouldn't spread too wildly. But if you have a warm, moist humidor, it's going to spread like wildfire if you get something started. Well, and you bring up a, a, a good point. If you have conditions that are conducive to mold, it will grow. And if you don't, it, it will not. But the interesting part there is, is it, nobody keeps – well – I'm going to say that the vast majority of us do not have completely active systems which stay perfectly within the realm of where we want them to be at all times. So I'm sure there are points when, when if, well, where you're going to be. You're going to be in a location without air conditioning, generally, that's going to have 100-degree days. Mm-hmm. So And have since it, I left my cigars there in February. Absolutely. So there's going to be times when potentially you may be in a a rather unfortunate environment. So you could be growing and then maybe it would drop down out of that realm, you know, and or grow much, much, much slower. So just to avoid as much time as possible, I think is probably the (laughs) probably the best advice. I don't think any of us need to worry about, uh, oh, shoot, I have no mold in my cigar or in my humidor, but it was 80 degrees in my house today. I'm going to get moldy cigars. It doesn't exactly work that way. Right. It on uh, from nowhere. Right. I think if you maintain some modicum of control overall, you're going to be fine. But if you, yeah. if you let it run wild for, you know, if you regularly or for extended amounts of times, so I think that's when you run into the troubles. Yes, sir. Hmm. Well, that's pretty cool. I'm. Uh, I, I think it's unfortunate that you've had repeated bad luck with some of those crown head products, but well, um, actually, I think I mentioned this. I've only in my entire smoking life 
had three boxes I opened up to find mold, and all three came out of La Alianza. Huh. Whoops. <laughs> There's two two four kicks and one uh, EP Creo short runs. Hmm. By the way, I got this year's short run coming for a show cigar. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Well, we had wanted this to be a bit of an abbreviated show, and we're right at about an hour right now. What do you uh, what do you uh, say? We kind of talk a little bit about next week. We've got obviously, as you said, the move coming up this week, and the internet connection that we uh, need to kind of rely on a borrowed version of, and uh, maybe even me setting up the hangout. So we got a couple things that'll be. Uh, a little bit of a new variable for next week, but we'll hopefully get through it, I think. Yeah. I mean, worst case, if we're not able to record a show, we can at least do a hangout and open it up to whoever shows up to just hang out and chat. Cool. I uh, I think that'll be, that'll be good no matter what. So. Absolutely. Well, you want to you wanna take us out, and I'll uh, give us the closing? Yeah. Um, next week's Cigar of the Week is kind of up in the air. We will iron that out uh, between now and then, and it may end up being something random again. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> you, folks, you'll know when we know. Um, but in the meantime, you can monitor our uh, Facebooks, our Twitter feeds, or even on the side on the uh, page where we broadcast live with the chat room, I tend to try to put a note up there, mainly because uh, every time I just put it through social media, I, I get flooded with emails wanting to know what happened, why didn't we have a show? <laughs> and so if I put it on that page and anybody comes to look at the show, they'll at least see it. But uh, You can also get us at Craig at com or Kip at com. And uh, the unbanded thing is kind of up in the air. We don't have a good answer for that yet. We're gonna we're gonna see what happens. Maybe we end up with each doing some different unbanded. I don't know how that's gonna work yet, but uh, no good way to email them to me or I'm sorry, mail them to me. You can <laughs> mail them to Craig. You can get him at Craig at halfash dot com, and he'll hook you up with where you can send them to him. Um, but uh, the, the info thing I'll leave off for the moment till we get that ironed out. But uh, you can find us at halfash.com also through the forum. Just click on any of the couple different places there on the homepage where you can uh, connect up with the forum. We'd love to have you there as well. Uh, kind of fell away from the forum a little bit the last couple of weeks, but it's starting to calm down, which sounds silly that now it's time to move. Things are getting calm, but it's been a busy 30 days for me. And uh, we're kind of winding down. And, and you can always find us also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. We're pretty dang accessible. Just uh, give us a holler. Yes, sir. And we look forward to wherever it is that you can find us. I get uh, new Facebook friends and new Twitter followers on a regular basis. So uh, it's always nice to connect with listeners. And, and uh, have you guys want to reach out and find what's going on with us when we're not recording. So. Looking forward to it. but uh, And yes, Kip, uh, you are absolutely right. It would be rather difficult to email you those cigars. So <laughs> I, I think that that's a very wise uh, suggestion. Would that be considered vaping? That's an e-cigar. <laughs> <laughs> <Ba -dum -bum. laughs> uh, well, and uh, tonight is no different from the vast majority of our other shows. I want to want to send out a little dedication. We uh, We've got a bit of a minor holiday coming up tomorrow, Sunday, Father's Day, and I would be remiss if I didn't uh, send this episode out to my old man. Um, best friend in the whole world, without question, one of the greatest people I've ever met, period. And uh, I saw somebody, I'll share a little story, I saw somebody post something up on Facebook earlier in the week, and it was uh, you know, a little meme, a little photograph from the Blues Brothers, um, and it had a the the famous it's 110 miles to chicago <laughs> uh, half a pack of cigarettes full tank of gas we're wearing sunglasses and it's dark on out and it's dark outside hit it and uh so i posted that up or i shared that i should say and also shared a little bit of a story from gosh 
25, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, um, that involved my dad and Blues Brothers. We, uh, I, I grew up with my dad having a bunch of movies that he loved and that he shared with me. And, you know, this is back in the day when you'd watch something on TV and then get out a VHS tape and, and record it with commercials and all, you know? And, and so my dad and I had watched our recording of Blues Brothers until it was just about run through. You could see lines on the video. We had watched it so many times, worn that tape out. So the first time that, uh, we decided we were going to watch it unedited without any commercials, no, uh, no clipped scenes or anything. We went, went to the blockbuster, rented the movie, put it on, rented a, or got a pizza. And my dad and I sat down and two minutes into it, the swears start flying. And my dad looks over at me as a, as a nine year old, 10 year old kid. And I look at my dad as a nine, 10 year old kid never having really watched a movie with the F word and GD and S and all that. I look at my dad and he looks at me and almost at the same time, we both go, don't tell your mother. Okay. (laughs) Or don't tell mom. Okay. And uh, we just kind of nodded and both kind of chuckled and went on and finished the movie. And it's, uh, it's just a good memory that I have with my old man. And it's one of those stupid things that he probably doesn't even remember, but I got a, a million and one memories like that. And uh, I'm thankful and happy for every one of them. So pops, this one goes out to you to, uh, to all the listeners, to everybody who supports half ash, who's been there for us, who's interested in what it is that we do on these Friday and now Saturday nights. I just want to say good night, everybody. And thanks for listening.